Welcome to episode number 129 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are continuing our series on miracles. When I started this series a number of weeks ago, I thought, well, maybe it would go for five or six or seven weeks, but it's beginning to look like this could go on for quite a while. The reason I say that is the more we get into the Word of God, the more we see and understand what the Word of God has to say. When we really truly seek it out and find out what is Jesus telling us, or what is the Holy Spirit telling us, or what is God the Father speaking about when he talks about believing and having trust and having faith in God. So today we're going to continue our series on miracles, and I'm entitling today's message, How Faith in God's Word Brings Miracles. So with that, get ready. You might want to call someone and let them know we're talking about miracles today, especially if you know they're in need of one or if you have one in your life that you need the Lord to intervene in and to bless you. So I'm going to pray to get started and invite the Holy Spirit into this teaching today. Father, I thank you again for the opportunity I have to bring this message at this time to this audience. I pray that you would bless it and that you would anoint it. And now I pray that the Holy Spirit now would take over, take charge, that you are in control. I've prepared, I've prayed, I have an outline of what to talk about, I've looked up many scriptures, and all that is good. All that's what we call doing due diligence. But Father God, I need now more than anything else for the Holy Spirit to move in and take over, control this discussion today, and I'll give you all the praise for it because when you come in, when you anoint your teaching, miracles will take place. I believe that and we thank you for it in advance for I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray, amen. In my last podcast, which was entitled Steps to See Your Miracle, we talked about so many things I believe that stirred me to extend this teaching on miracles. So you might want to go back if you haven't listened to that one, listen to podcast number 128. I believe it'll bless you. So we're going to continue on the taking steps forward for a miracle, but this particular podcast will deal with how faith in God's word brings miracles. So let's move on and I just want to start off by asking you, when you pray, do you expect a miracle? When you pray, do you expect the answer to be positive? I believe a lot of us do. I believe many of us do. However, there are those also who question when they pray. They wonder if they pray. They doubt and maybe have a little fear or anxiety. And I think that's kind of normal, especially if you're a new Christian, if you're one who's recently received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or if you're someone who hasn't read the Word of God and understand all the promises that are in there. So when we go to prayer, I believe we need to start off with an expectation, an anticipation, I like to call it, with a with an excitement, an energy flowing in us to believe that God is about ready to do something great. And we base that upon his word. You see, when we expect something to happen, it usually does. And let me give an example of that. When a couple decides to have a baby, they think about the end result of trying to have a baby. They have an expectation of the arrival of their child. Now, when we need a miracle for ourselves or for someone else, we need to expect the answer. So why don't we jump into God's word? And that's the foundation of this teaching. Foundation of all of our teachings are, and I thank God for his word. Without it, I don't know how I could even speak to you about this particular subject or any other subject. So let's get into his word and let's see what the word of God has to say about miracles. I'm going to read out of the book of Matthew chapter 18 in the New Living Translation. And 
in the middle of this particular chapter, Jesus is correcting other believers. He talks to them about if someone is upset with someone, how to deal with it. And if someone has been untruthful about someone, then how to deal with that. And then he gets into verse 19. On Matthew 18, 19, Jesus says these words, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. You know, this scripture should be used for anyone who's praying for someone to receive a miracle because it starts off very clearly. Jesus says, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything. Now, anything is a big word. We know that. And a lot of people who need a miracle, who need something great to happen in their life, whether it be a financial one, whether it might be relationship-wise, whether it's about a marriage, whether it's about a child who is away from the Lord, whether it has to do with a physical thing, financial, whatever it might be. Jesus is speaking here he's basically saying that there's nothing too difficult for him. And then he goes to say, say here, he says, my father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together in my, as my followers, I'm there among them. See, when we gather together in church, when we gather together in prayer, we know the presence of the Lord is there. It reminds me of a Zoom prayer meeting that we have through our church. We have it on Mondays. It's a really wonderful opportunity for us to pray about needs of others and the needs that we have. And so our group comes together. There's about, I guess, 20 so or people who are assigned to that group and, and pop in from time to time. But we always have a nice group being prayer and being agreement for the needs of others. And we've seen a lot of wonderful answers to prayer. And I believe it's based upon this scripture because wherever two or three gather together as my followers, doesn't mean just two or three. It just simply says, anyone with my followers, together with my followers, believers in Christ. When we come together, we need to believe. We need to expect. We need to have an anticipation that God is going to do something great. And when we approach prayer like that, then we can see great results. We can see the hand of God moved. And I know by reading God's word, by listening to the Holy Spirit, that God is pleased with those who enter in his courts with praise and thanksgiving, with faith, with an anticipation and expectation of something miraculous is going to take place. So let's approach our prayer times just like it says here in God's Word. Let's move on now to Matthew chapter 21 and verse 21. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is a story about Jesus who curses a fig tree. And I'm not going to get into all that because I want to focus on that because this tree wasn't producing anything. So he basically said, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. And it says that his disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus says these words, and here's a explanation about how to have miracles in our life. Jesus said in Matthew 21, verse 21, New Living Translation, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. I'll tell you, those are some great words. There's another verse that we need to read in our lives to have that kind of faith. We need to understand that when Jesus is giving this teaching, he's given us instructions on how to see miracles. Let's look at those words again, the words of Jesus. He says, I tell you the truth. Basically, he's saying, look, there's no, this is not, I'm not kidding with you. This is the fact. This is reality. If you have faith and don't doubt, let's just be sure we remove doubt from our mind. If we can get rid of doubt, our life will be changed radically. And one of the ways, obviously, to get rid of doubt is to have faith. So Jesus says, you have faith and don't doubt. 
you can do things like this and much more. So isn't it wonderful to think when God is doing a miracle, when he sent Jesus to this earth and Jesus is running around doing all these miracles and amazing things that he's doing that are recorded for us to read and learn and understand when he talks about it. And then he says, you can do this and much more. The Bible tells us that greater works that we can do than Jesus did here on earth. I mean, that's just overwhelming to me. That's so amazing to think that God tells us, watch what I do, listen to what I do, see how I do it, see how I talk, see the words that I say. But even with all that, you can do these things and much more. And then he goes on to say here, you can even say to this mountain, "Be you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea. Well, now let's, let's think about that for a second. I don't believe he's necessarily talking about us going out, looking at a mountain and saying, I pray that you'll be removed and thrown into the ocean. Now, he was telling the disciples that and he meant it. When he said that, basically, if you'd like me to, I can do it. I can, I can do whatever I want to do because my God has given me unlimited power. Jesus had the unlimited power of God because he was God in the flesh. And so to think that Jesus was giving that instruction to them, and in our life, we can look at the mountains that we face in our life, a mountain of maybe a disastrous marriage or a financial failure or a tremendous physical challenge that we're facing. These are mountains in our life. And Jesus says we can have that mountain in our life removed and thrown into the sea. And it says it'll happen. It says you can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you'll receive it. Once again, he says, if you have faith. I'm telling you, I'm getting so excited again about the word of faith. I feel like I need to do another series just specifically on faith. But this particular series on miracles, obviously, is a teaching on faith bringing forth miracles. And because of this teaching, I've been inspired to complete a book that I started here a couple years ago on faith, greater faith. And I'm going to go away for a few days, go away for about 10 days my wife and I are, and we like to go to a place where we can sit and we can pray and we can read and we can write. She's writing a book on her life, and the Holy Spirit inspired me this week as I prepared to bring this lesson to release a new book here, maybe in the next three to six months, that's partially written, but I need to complete it and finish it. And it's going to be about faith for miracles, pure faith for miracles. I believe it's needed. I believe people want to read it. And some people listen to the podcast, and that's wonderful, but there's a lot of people who want to get a book in front of them and read it and I believe the Holy Spirit is going to help me produce that book so I can get it out in a very short period of time. Let's now move on to Mark chapter 9, and we're going to look at a story in chapter 9, verse around 14. It starts talking about Jesus heals a demon-possessed boy, and then in verse 16, Jesus is trying to talk to these people, and they're saying, well, they can't seem to get this taken care of. The demon keeps hanging around and keeps and stays inside of him, and Jesus is going, what's this all this arguing about? And then they're still talking about they've tried to do this, and they've tried to do it, and they just can't seem to get it done, and so they're starting to lose their faith and their trust, and I'm sure they're doubting and have a lot of questions about this miracle they need to cast out this demon. And then Jesus says in verse 19, he says, you faith with people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So now Jesus says, look, I'm going to have to take over. I'm going to show you how to do it. Now, I like that. When Jesus shows us how to do it, he wants to tell us what we did wrong and how to do it right. And that's what this teaching is about. When the word of God tells us what to do right and what we're doing that is wrong. So they, it says in verse 20 in, in chapter 9, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, Jesus says, how long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. Now this is a very important 
verse, verse 21, because it's one of the things we fight, one of the challenges that we have, and it's a wonderful teaching for us when we're trying to see miracles take place. Jesus asked the Father, he says, how long has this been happening? And the Father replied, listen to these words, since he was a little boy, the Spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us, listen to this, if you can. Wow. When I read that, I thought, did they really say that? Did they really say that to the Son of God, the miracle worker, the creator of heaven and earth? I'm telling you, we sometimes I believe in our prayer life, if we're not careful, we'll ask the same question. If you can, God, if it's possible. I've actually had people pray with me and say, Father, if you can, if you're able, if it's your will to do this. Now, I know there's times you need to pray if it's your will, but when we ask for healing, I believe we just ask for healing. We don't need to ask God if it's his will that we are healed and live a good life because that is his will. That's his desire. So that's another topic we'll get into probably at a later podcast. But to think that these people looked at Jesus and said, if you can. Now, what do you think Jesus said? Think about this. I know some of you have read the scripture and you know what I'm talking about. But in verse 23, Jesus says these words, what do you mean if I can? I mean, that's heavy. That's pretty direct. Anything is possible, he says, if a person believes. I'm telling you, that is amazing. That's just, I'm just almost can't think of what to say next when I think of the words that were just spoken between this Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's a good part in verse number 24. The Father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Boy, those are wonderful words. Those are powerful words because that's something we need help with. We need to help our unbelief. And the Word of God helps us with our unbelief. Our prayer time helps us. Our time in church, worshiping the Lord helps us with our unbelief. Getting the Bible out and reading scriptures and memorizing scriptures will help us with our unbelief. When you hear of a miracle, then give God praise for it. When you have seen something happen in your life where you know God intervened, give him praise for it. Thank him for it. Be thankful for all the thing this God has done. And if you need to build up your faith and your belief that God is able, just walk outside. Look at the sky. Look at the mountains. If you live near a body of water, look at the oceans. Look at the lakes. It's incredible to look at what God has done. God created all that, and that will help us with our unbelief. Jesus says in verse 25, when Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Jesus said these words now, listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. It says, then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as said, people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet. And he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this can be cast out only by prayer. Wow. So here we are again, talking that prayer is needed to build the faith that we need to see the miracle that we need. There's some translations that say prayer and fasting, and that's a great combination, obviously, because when we fast, which means we do without food or a portion of food for a while, we're giving that up so that we can make a sacrifice to the Lord and we can not worry about our body being taken care of with food and we can replace that food with prayer and seeking God to do something great. So here's a great story, a wonderful story. And if you look in your own life, maybe we should take a moment and evaluate what this story tells us. It basically gives us a great teaching on how to see a miracle take place. 
Jesus ends it by saying, through prayer, these things can happen. And he said, those of you who have little faith, you've got to believe. And earlier I said, if two or more gather in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And Jesus says that anything is possible. And so get these scriptures out. If you want to build your faith then and build yourself so that you don't have unbelief and so you don't have doubt and that all that is replaced with faith and trust. And I like to say it again, expectation and an anticipation of God bringing forth the miracle that you're praying for, that you're believing for. And I just tell you what, I thank God for that right now and I give him all the glory. Now, I could give you a few more scriptures, and I probably will as we go along, but I want to I wanna go back and kind of complete my comments about an anticipation or an expectation of a miracle is going to take place when we go to prayer. You see, with an expectation, we are anticipating a miracle, and we are believing it will happen. Now, have you ever wondered why it is easier to pray for someone else's miracle than for your own? I've talked to people over the years who've told me things like, well, I just don't believe in praying for myself. I should pray for the needs of others because God knows what I need. And so therefore, he's going to take care of me. And if he doesn't, that's okay. You know, that type of talk is not really found anywhere in the word of God. God wants us to bring our prayers to him. He says, bring your petitions to the Lord. He says, enter in the court, in God's court with thanksgiving and praise. And it says, pray for those who have needs and bring your needs to the body of Christ. And when you have a sickness, go to the elders of the church and seek for prayer and seek for anointing and let the elders anoint those and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And goes on and on talking about how we should pray for ourselves and for others. Now, if, if that's the case, you have a difficult time in praying for your own miracles, then it's important that you step into a new level of faith. And that level of faith that you have for others, you need to have for yourself. When we see someone is diagnosed with maybe a cancer, and I've seen so much of that in my lifetime, it's so sad. But on the other hand, God has moved in a great way. And I've seen many, many people healed by the power and by the blood of Jesus. And I can tell you that we have a tendency when we see others that our faith builds and we get excited, we get, almost get emotional about it. And we, we come to the Lord and we call down power from heaven. We read the scriptures and we talk to that person and tell them to believe and have trust and have faith. Well, that type of prayer we need to have for ourselves. When we pray for ourselves, for our miracle, we need to quote the scriptures. We need to believe that God is able able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think according to the power that's in us. You see, that's what God has given us, that blessing of that great power to have a great time of prayer. There are those now who struggle with praying for themselves just because they think it's selfish, but it's not at all. So if you're out there right now, matter of fact, let's do something right now. If you're out there, I'm going to ask you to just pray for yourself. Whatever need you might have, you might just take a moment and say, Father, I need you to help me. This physical need in my body, I ask for healing in Jesus' name. Or that emotional problem I'm having, I ask that you'd give me comfort and you'd give me peace and relieve me of this stress and this anxiety and this fear and this doubt and these questions that I'm having. And Lord, I also ask you, maybe it's a need for finances. Father, I pray that you'd pour out a blessing, Lord, and that you would bless me in my finances and bless me with wisdom to know how to handle my finances once the blessing comes comes forth. And that's the type of prayer that we need to have. And we need to exercise it and take faith in it and believe that God will answer that prayer. Now, that should never happen as far as a fear for praying for ourselves if we listen to the Bible's instructions on how to pray for a miracle. The majority of time that the Bible talks about miracles, it tells us how to pray for a miracle 
in our life and of course in the lives of others. So I hope that helps if you have a challenge with praying for yourself and I believe that God's going to bless you and you'll see that miracle come forth. With the time remaining in this podcast, I want to give you a couple of what I think are very, very important items we need to deal with when we're thinking about praying for miracles for ourselves and for other people. And that is that we need to take authority over fear in our life. The Bible tells us very clearly to fear not. We must have trust in the Lord. We've got to take authority over fear, and I know that God will bless us. So let's turn to Psalms, the book of Psalms, chapter 34 and verse 4. You know, as I got ready to read this, I looked a little closer at some of the other verses, and I think I need to share a couple other verses found in in the book of Psalms, and it's Psalm 34, verse 1. This is a Psalm of David, by the way, regarding the time that he pretended to be insane in front of his son and sent him away. So this is a very difficult time for David. Listen to what he wrote at this time. Verse 1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. That'll take us away from fear. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. Once again, helps us overcome fear. Then in verse four, David wrote these words. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. That's amazing. He just simply prayer. That's all he did. He just said, I prayed and I believed that God would do it. And he did. Verse five says, those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. You see that fear now is turned to radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. David is getting excited here. He's just getting ready to have a revival meeting wherever he's at right now. And it's important that we understand that God wants us to have joy, unspeakable and full of glory, and that he wants that fear to be removed from our life and from our minds and especially from our prayer time and our time of praise unto the Lord. We must fear not. Okay, let's move on. We're moving to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read a couple of verses in here. I want you to get a hold of this thing on fear because if we enter into prayer with fear, we're just not going to have the results that we desire and that God desires for us to have. This 2 Timothy, it says, is a letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And it goes on to give instructions to Timothy about encouragement to the faithful and to be faithful. And so he's talking to Timothy and telling him how to handle his faith. And he says, I remember your genuine faith for you have shared your faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith comes strong in you. He says, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Wow, that's a that's an interesting comment, isn't it? Paul is writing, he says, he says, I want you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. So when Paul prayed for him that he would have faith and he would be a powerful man of God, Paul said, that faith that you received, I want you to fan that flame and let it burst out and explode in you and let your faith grow. And then he said these words in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, New Living Translation. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You see, here we are back to that word fear again. 
Paul is talking to Timothy and he wants him to be reminded of the faith that he has because he said, you're a strong man of faith. You're a good man. And he's encouraging him and blessing him. But then in the middle of that encouragement, he knows that Paul knows this. He understands that Timothy is just like the rest of us. He's a person who maybe walks in faith and strength one day and maybe has challenges and feels a little weak the next. So he says to Timothy, he says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and also to be timid. He wants us to be strong and to be bold in his word and to take action and to pray with confidence and believing. That's what he's saying. Even though Paul knew that Timothy was a strong man of God, that he had great faith, he wanted to remind him, don't let fear sneak in. You see, because it says here, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, if God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, then where does the spirit of fear come from? Well, we know it has to be Satan himself because Satan comes to kill and to steal and destroy. He wants to give us fear. He wants us to be afraid to pray, to have no confidence in our prayer, to have doubt in our prayers, to not take authority over those sicknesses and illnesses and those miracles that need to take place. But Paul is telling us that God didn't give us that spirit. So we need take authority over that spirit of fear. And Father, I pray right now that if anyone is out there that has a spirit of fear, I take authority over it in the name of Jesus. And I rebuke Satan to try and put fear in the hearts of believers. We believe, God, that you gave us a heart, Father, of strength and of power and of love and of self-discipline. That's what your word says. And I speak that now into those who are listening today, that God, they will have power. They'll have anticipation in their prayer. They'll have an expectation in their prayer. They're going to believe for great results and they will move forward and have no room at all in their heart for any anxiety or fear or worry. And Father, so I just repeat your words into their lives found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. And it tells us, Paul is writing this and he says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I hope that you receive that and I pray that God will put that into your heart to believe that. So I just kind of want to wrap up this session on how faith in God's word brings miracles. We've taught today about expectation and anticipation when you pray. We've talked about having faith to believe. We've taken authority over fear and we've talked to you about how God has not given us a spirit of fear and that we must not have fear in our heart, but we must have trust. And these are all things that will help you to pray and help you to believe that when you pray, you're going to see great results. I believe it's going to happen in your life and in the lives of those that you're praying for. So we're going to continue now in our series as the podcasts keep coming on, on miracles, because I believe the Lord has something very special for the next podcast. But first, I'm going to say a quick closing prayer for you as we close out this particular podcast. Father, I thank you for those who are listening in. I pray that you would bless them and keep them. I pray, Father, that you would help them to have faith to pray, not only for others, but to pray for themselves. Themselves. They have a physical need. Lord, I ask right now in Jesus' name, they just lay their hand upon their own body and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would heal this infirmity, that anything that's going on in my body would be cured and mended in the name of Jesus. I need a miracle and I believe for it and I receive it now in Jesus' name. Now bless them, keep them. I thank you, Lord, that they've tuned in today and I look forward to the upcoming podcast as we talk about miracles there and how you desire for your believers, your followers to call forth miracles, believe in them and receive them. 
These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that this has been a blessing to you today. I believe with all my heart that the Holy Spirit moved in a very special way today. When he interrupts me to pray and when I feel that we need to take authority over something, I believe we need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit and listen. And when we are obedient and listen, then things happen. You should tell people about what you heard today. You should invite them to come back to these podcasts and join with us as we take authority over the things that are attacking our brothers and sisters in Christ. For those who need miracles, we're just going to believe that great miracles are going to be birthed from this podcast series. So if you'd like to get additional information on the teachings that I have, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and there's a link there to all my podcasts. So you can go back and pull up any podcast that I've done, the 129 now that we've completed and you can listen to any of them we've talked about faith we've talked about prosperity living debt-free we've talked about moving forward in fullness with god and living a what we call a quality christian life a life filled with the joy of the lord and his strength so if you'd like to also get onto my webpage, you can look at a link that's on there that shows you the books that i've written one in on faith is entitled receive everything from what we call nothing, which is basically the premise of calling forth those things that are not as though they are. Believing for what's going to happen rather than what happened. Let's move forward with that and not be beat down through our circumstances and the challenges that we face in life, but let's trust God for a great result in our prayer time. And if you would like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that by cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. So as you can tell, I'm excited. I believe God has something in store for us as we continue in this series. So let me just say this to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and and give you peace. Now may you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled How to Speak Miracles into Your Life. So with that, until next time, may God richly bless you.